The Sports Career Podcast, episode 243. How can storytelling support athletes on and off the sports field? Hello Sports Achiever and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Career Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a particular sector in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in working with elite athletes. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your sports career development, interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Ines Alves Catano. Ines has a fascinating sports career journey. She has over 16 years experience working in the sports industry, working in teaching, coaching, and also in the sports industry with regards to the business sector. Currently, she's the founder of Sport Embassy, which is all about supporting elite athletes with regards to their career transition after elite sport. So for that reason, it's such a pleasure to have Ines as a special guest on the show. And that's when today's episode, Ines will share her sports career journey and explain why storytelling is so important for elite athletes on and off the sports field. Ines, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast show. Please share to listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start? Hi, Ed. Actually, it's, it's my pleasure to be on your show and uh, share a, a little bit of, of my story. So basically, sports uh, entered my life from an early age. Uh, I, start, um, I started practicing swimming at the age of three, I guess, on a regular basis. And uh, the teachers kept telling me that I should compete. Um, by the time I was about like seven or eight, it was uh, when I found the modern pentathlon, which is shooting, fencing, swimming, riding and running. Uh, so swimming was part of it. And uh, so it started at, at a young age. Just get to that point. I'm really intrigued here. With that sport, you know, with the swimming, the archery, like all, there's so many skill sets individually, but also to compete. May I ask what you learned in competing in that sport out of interest? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because you need to be really complete, uh, you know, because it makes you develop different skills, as you were saying, because uh, uh, you need to be a really focused person to shoot, but then you need to have this kind of warrior thing uh, for fencing especially because it's different from the regular fencing where you, you have a lot of time to make 15 points and in modern pentathlon you have one minute to touch one time uh, or if you touch the first time, it ends. So it, these are really different uh, skills and, and what I think I've learned and um, I didn't know I was learning that at the time. I think just a lot of years later, I, I'm really into focusing my life on being balanced. You know, I, I don't pursue uh, being a specialist in anything, but I want to be balanced. 
Uh, and I think that is what modern pentathlon is about, you know? And if you're not that good at shooting, you need to be excellent in fencing or in swimming or in running because the points of the five disciplines that will make you the best athlete. So you need to understand where you're not that good, you know, and explore your weaknesses, but you need to, to learn how to, to take the advantage of what are your strengths. And I think this is what life is about, you know, being this balanced and being able to recognize where you're not good at and explore your, where you're good at as well. So yeah, I think it was it, but it took me a lot of time to understand that maybe I learned this from, from the sport. Just touching on the word balance, I do get it quite a lot on my podcast show in different types, you know, but could you explain what you mean balance? Because for me, from my experience in the sports industry, from a career standpoint, there's times when you've got to be quick, you've got to take advantage of an opportunity, and then there's times where you've got to be patient just to let things happen. See, I see you smiling now. Uh, I hope that I wish the listeners could see it because this is what my definition of balance means. You know, not everything is 100 miles per hour. There's times where you've got to take a step back and see the bigger picture. Could you just explain your sort of definition of balance in that sense of what, you know, you said earlier with regards to your focus? Yeah. First of all, I don't believe in perfection. Uh, I believe um, that we can be excellent, but there is no perfection. So if you understand this, I think it's easier for you to okay let's go 100 miles now and uh, that's okay then you can take a step back uh, to give two steps forward and that's okay as well so if you understand that whatever you do you're not doing it to be perfect i think it really helps that you have balance in everything that you do and all the decisions you do. But if you pursue something that doesn't exist, because none of us will ever be perfect at whatsoever, it's really hard to be balanced because uh, maybe you'll go a hundred miles when you have to step back and you know it becomes harder. So for me, uh, I think that the definition of being able to be balanced, because uh, you know I, I can't do it all the time, you know, I make my mistakes. I think the definition starts from the point where you uh, accept that you're not perfect and you're not gonna be perfect. So I think this is related. I, I don't know if it makes sense, but it makes for me. Hey, it does make sense. It, there's always a great quote I've heard. It's not about being perfect. It's all about progression. It's all about just keep moving forward in the direction you wanna go. Let's paint the picture for the listeners. You've explained your sport, what you learned from it. Could you paint the picture of how you're working in the sports industry and what you're currently doing? Could you give people your educational background? Could you give people of your business background? You know, for me, I just want to give people a full scope of who you are. Let me just say that uh, my, my, my career, if we can call it like that, like ended uh, real, on a really early stage. Then still wanted to compete. I competed only in fencing. But then I wanted to cut out with everything that was related to my, my past. I, um, <laughs> I went to rugby, which I had already played before as a young child. So I got back to rugby because I wanted to go to a team sport, you know, because there are different skills. I didn't have any high performance goals or, you know, I didn't want to be a champion or go to the Olympics or whatsoever at that stage. So I just wanted to have new skills, another sport. So uh, I have rugby in my, <laughs> my resume as well. 
with different skills. Because I intended to, to pursue sports for my life, you know, first as, as an athlete, I, I understood at an early age that I couldn't do it um, as a career. So I studied physical education to be a teacher. Then I realized I didn't want to be a teacher. I wanted to be a coach. Uh, so I studied high performance coaching and um, I didn't want to be a coach anymore. <laughs> and then um, I also uh, was a, a judge, a referee uh, for modern pentathlon. I wanted to be uh, in sports. I didn't know how or where or doing what. So uh, I had all the experiences I could have as, as a physical education teacher, as a coach, as a judge and referee. Uh, I mean, I did it all as a volunteer. Like I tried everything. I ended up studying sports management and marketing as well, and then entered the, the world of the major events, major sports events. And from there, I, I just had a, a really nice um, experience in sports events and sports management um, until the day I founded Sports Embassy. Uh, where I work with uh, athletes um, to, to promote career transition. Awesome. I've got to go back in time because with regards to being a teacher, a coach and a referee, I want to go on this point because I've interviewed so many people and we always talk about the highs, but sometimes we, we learn the most when we pivot or make a different decision. Reflect to now, what did you learn from those experiences being a teacher, a coach and a referee? How are some of the skills looking back, have supported you now in the current work you're doing? First of all, let me tell you that these were all awesome experiences because all the jobs I had regarding um, events or sports management, I could be in someone else's shoes easily, you know? So if I had to deal with a coach, you know, I knew some of the hard times they could they could have um, doing their job, the needs they could have. Because easy, I think, when you're in sports, uh, even if you come from a specific sport, you are, are able to understand the, the reality of other sports because you are s sensitive to that, you know? So I think it, it helped me a lot um, being able to understand uh, different stakeholders from all this environment, you know, so this was really important for, for me, for my work. But then at a personal level, um, I think that uh, so many skills I have uh, developed with these experiences, I understood, for instance, um, a lot more of leadership because leadership is so different when you're um, an athlete, when you're a coach, when you're a referee, the way that you that you become a leader in that moment specifically is really different, you know, because uh, you, as a referee, you, you don't talk the same way when you're a coach or when you're a teacher at a physical education class or so it helped me a lot with to understand that all these skills need to be adjusted to the environment and the context. You know, uh, it's different to be the leader of a class. It's different to be a leader of um, a group of athletes or to be a leader of several other judges or referees uh, or to be, uh, you know, a leader in, in the office. 
also communication, a lot of things. So uh, that all the experiences helped me a lot to develop these skills in different environments. And this is really, really useful on my daily life at work or at a personal level. This is amazing. I hope the listeners are taking notes because for me, I've interviewed Frank Dick, for example. He said in his podcast, and he's a top high performance coach, he said, um, we're all teachers. You are teachers to who we communicate in business. We're teachers to our own children or, you know, it's, it's the way we communicate, which you mentioned. And then another spark to my head when you're talking is um, Greg Davis, my old headmaster. He was a headmaster and a refereeing coach. And, you know, he was saying the difference as a referee, you get a bit more, should we say, abuse with regards to a poor decision because you've got the fans, you've got the players. But headmaster, it's a lot more composed. So, and then finally, my final thing is if people listening in who are starting and teaching, I want you to know that you can pivot uh, you, if you want to. If you love what you're doing and it's in your lane, awesome. But what I've learned with teaching, it can create more opportunities than people think. I hope, Ines, you can relate to this because... Um, sometimes when we really stick to our lane in our career, we think that's it, but actually can open up more doors. But getting back to, with regards to working in the sports industry, we're going to talk about Sport MC very shortly, but when you decided to do that sports management degree and you decided to go in the business side of the sport, what changed? Meaning, how do you look at the sports industry from a different perspective than being an athlete or a coach out of interest? Ah, you have such great questions. <laughs> <laughs> These are great reflections, actually. Um, let, let me tell you this first. Like when, when I started to, to teach at school, uh, I had all this romantic view of, uh, you know, being a physical uh, education teacher, I can pass on this love of sports to kids. And then, and then I got really frustrated because at a school and I mean, I'm talking about a con a, the Portuguese context, you know, um, uh, at school, sports is not important. So it was a battle every day to make sports, you know, being something at school and for the kids. So I was really disappointed. And I realized I didn't want to be a physical education teacher anymore because I wanted to make a difference in sports and I truly believed I was not making a difference there you know that's why I kept pursuing all these other um, you know roles or uh, I don't know how to call it but yeah I wanted to make a difference and when I went to study management and marketing it was because I believed that I could make a difference there you know, and um, when I was a young kid, I wanted to go to the Olympics. And when I realized I was not going to the Olympics, I wanted to go to the Olympics either way. I wanted to make a difference because I, for me, being at the Olympics as an athlete or not, you're making a difference in sports. And when I went to, to study management and marketing, it was because, yeah, I wanted to make a difference. Anyhow, somehow, I was, I was enjoying the fact that I was discovering other ways of being in sports, you know? And so I thought I could do that. And I mean, in a way, I, I kind of did it, not at the Olympics, but at least for now. Um, but um, what I learned from it is that there's a lot of ways that you can make a difference. And if you can't do it as an athlete or as a referee, or there's always another way that 
you can you know that you can find to to make something good for sports just on your point of making a difference is that a better approach than saying i want to work in sport i want to get a job in sport because when you make a difference as a mindset way it's more like a mission and it you'll make it happen wherever it will lead you because sometimes when i speak to students like i want to get the job and that's like a pressure it's like got to get it tomorrow next day but when i say like add value to an organization add value to for me and s in a in an interview for example that's my passion it's like how can a conversation educate people worldwide going back to my question to you now like making a difference was that the spark where that drove you to the direction of the work you're currently doing then trying to find what you wanted to do i hope that makes sense it does because uh, that's I don't see myself in life in another way. I mean, I need to have a cause and I need to have a purpose. And the purpose, it can, for me, you know, it can't be that role or that job. You know, it has to be something bigger than that. That job or that role is just the, the way that you find, you know, that you're using to make the, dif the difference you know that you're using to 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 achieve your goals and your purpose it has to always be bigger than that job you know you know being in sports uh, it's it's cool it's fun you know but you have no weekends off you have no holidays when you want to have holidays when everyone has holidays you're working you have periods in your life that you work like crazy and a lot of people don't succeed because they don't know this they don't know this you know they're because they're not there for the bigger pro purpose if you're only there for the role you'll find out that sports can be re really boring that it can be really hard to work in sports you know so it has to be with global vision and uh, you need to really want this absolutely i hope people are enjoying this conversation by the way now getting back to today's podcast topic i want to dig deep on this topic now how can storytelling support athletes on and off the sports field? I understand this topic as sharing. Storytelling is telling your, your story, your experiences, you know, and um, we still live in a sport where subjects are taboo, you know? People don't, don't really talk about it. A lot of people see the athletes as only athletes, and this makes the athletes look themselves just like that. Athletes are human beings that actually are athletes, you know? <laughs> How fortunate they are for being athletes for sure, but um, they're, they're human beings. So how can storytelling help them? I mean, if everyone can share a bit of their story, their hard times, their difficulties, but also the achievements and how they pursue their dreams and their goals. And this can help the athletes a lot because uh, it is important that they can see themselves um, something more than just that. And this connects to, the, to, to what I'm doing now uh, with, with Sports Embassy and, and career transition because one of the main issues is that the athletes can see themselves as anything else. So they don't, they don't trust themselves in, in doing whatever <laughs> uh, besides sports because they believe that they're not good enough or they're not able to do it. And so when, when you talk about storytelling, for me, it's sharing. And the most we share, the more we share, 
the better we can prepare the athletes for, for life beyond sports, you know, because there's a life outside, outside of sports. And for me, it's, it's mainly this. Absolutely. And career transition is something I've had on my show, shall we say, as an issue or an area of improvement, I mean, years. Like when I had John Amitra on my show, we talked about how we transitioned from being a basketball player into being psychologist, uh, being a psychologist. And he knew his 40 year plan. Psychology was more of a passion than being a basketball player. So we've sort of done it with your career journey out of interest. But how important is how important is it for athletes to see their skills from their sport, which can transition in other walks of life. If it's business, that's where they want to do next, or, you know, start their own company, you know, some, cause that's what saddens me the most. When I see athletes go down a dark path, I mean, a dark path, they make decisions that could lead to bankruptcy or make personal decisions to their daily habits. If it's drugs or alcohol, that saddens me so much because I know they have so much to give back with the talents of what they did on a sports field. So for any athletes listening in, could you just share the work you're doing with Sport Embassy where you try and solve that problem to create good for these athletes after their career in sport? Yeah, um, and, and we use a lot of this storytelling on a positive way so uh, to, to make the awareness, you know, the, um, so that they can relate to other stories. And uh, what we do, we developed a program. It's an individual program where we work with, with athletes so they can understand uh, what skills they have in sports and they know. Because if you ask an athlete the skills they developed in sports, you know, they can tell you, ah, I'm a leader. You know, they can recognize that. I'm a good communicator. They can recognize this in that context. What we do with them is that we transfer those skills to other realities and we promote these new realities into their lives so they can decide uh, what what they like because the athlete is maybe I'm not going to say the most but one of the most competitive persons there is you know if you're an athlete you're competitive and you are competitive as an athlete because you recognize in yourself that you're good at it so you want more and you you wake up every day to be better than the day before because you're pursuing something you know that you're good at it and what we do is that we transfer that all these, uh, this will of being better every day into other realities. And if you start being competitive, as all athletes are, you know, if they start to be competitive in other areas, they will be successful in those areas. They just, want, they just need to understand where they can be good at it. And if they really understand they can be good at it, they will be the first ones to wake up every day being, you know, being able to pursue that, this new career or whatsoever. I mean, generally speaking, this, this is what we do with the program we develop. And yeah, we, we, we've, we've, I think we achieved some success with most of the athletes because, you know, this, it seems obvious, but it takes a while to be obvious to the athletes. But once it is, I mean, they become unstoppable in other areas, not, not only in, in their sports. So it's, it, it's been quite a journey. I think it comes down to self-awareness than saying it's obvious. I think that's the case thing. And you're absolutely right. When I see other athletes go into business, they apply the same reps of a mindset perspective in the business world 
and they're just absolutely dominating what they want to do. Out of interest, though, when you've worked with these athletes, has one challenge been that they can't replace the passion of why they pursued their sport? Do you think that's one of the hardest barriers that athletes go through? It's the their sport of them competing isn't going to replicate the same thing after their career. It's a challenge because of what we were talking before. Like, If you understand that you're really good at something, uh, if you understand the skills you have, and if you understand that you can apply these skills to other things, eventually you will find out new, a new passion or new passions, you know? So it becomes easier to, to, to fall in love again, <laughs> you know? It's, um, you just need to, to, to believe in yourself and you need to understand and accept you won't be able to be an athlete all your life. And once you accept it, it also becomes easier to, you know, to let yourself be, uh, I don't know how to say this, but once you accept it, it's more likely that you accept other things in your life. It's like, you know, it, it can like personal relationships. Uh, if you accept it's over, you eventually fall in love again, you know, and, uh, um, you can't be a, uh, an athlete uh, until you're 60 something when you need to retire. So it's, you need to find something else. Um, so I think it's this, it's acceptance. Okay. You need to accept this, which is hard, especially when you're at the top of your career, you know, you, you don't want to see the end of it because you're still living the dream. It's when you're there that you need to start preparing yourself for that moment because you never know when an injury is coming or uh, something else happens and, and you need to make the decision. So you, you, if you accept it from day one that, okay, I want to be a professional athlete, but it's going to end, everything that happens from there becomes easier. Got it. I hope people are enjoying this conversation. I say that again because really I find this, this is where I, I feel like a, like a geek or a nerd just listening and you know, and I hope, as I said, this is, I'm enjoying this. Ines, just going back to your career now, looking back, what have you enjoyed the most, particularly what the work you're currently doing now? So I, I had several experience, experiences, uh, which were great. Like uh, before Sports Embassy, I think the, the experience I, I enjoyed the most were the military world games. They were like, I could go back there. Um, <laughs> although we have a set, I don't know if you use this expression there, but we, we have this expression that said that never go back to where you were once happy. Because uh, if you were happy and you go back, there's a chance that you don't feel that happy, you know, because you were happy there once. So uh, pursue other goals and other dreams and go elsewhere to be happy again. And it kind of makes sense, you know, I would go back there because <laughs> it was like the best experience I, I, I had. I'm really happy with Sports Embassy. This, this is a, a life project for me, you know, uh, where I'm able to, to develop such different projects, but all with the same goal, because uh, there's something that everyone needs to, to, to realize is that there's no sports if you don't have athletes. And a lot of people in sports behave themselves as they were the important people of sports, you know, and athletes are just, you know, those people there that uh, 
run and have a ball or whatever, you know, actually it's the opposite. They only have their roles in their jobs because they're athletes. Um, this has been, this has been the best experience ever because I, I think we try to develop everything that we understand that are that is not developed by the organizations. So it's, I don't know how to explain this, but as I told you before, this is for me, um, it, it's a project for, for life. So the best thing from, from this is that we understand that we make a difference in the athletes' lives, uh, you know? And, and I think that when you have a purpose and, um, when you have a project where you, besides everything that you believe you help others, I mean, that, that's life-changing for everyone, for the people who develop the project and for the people who trust in you to, to, to put that into practice. So um, it, it's been a journey. Look, I've really enjoyed listening to what you've just said. And I think you highlighted a really important point with regards to how athletes are treated. Like, as you say, without the athletes, there wouldn't be these events. Um, as much though, I do think there's got to be people who should get credit in the sports industry who do great work behind the scenes that isn't seen. But you are right. At the end of the day, as I say to students, the sports industry is an event industry. Everything's leading to some sort of event. It could be a business event. It could be the next football game, the next tennis match, the next competition. We are like, it's like micro events every week. Um, and I think, yeah, thank you for sharing that because sometimes we forget that in the sports industry. We see all the fun side, or I call the sexy side of the sports industry. But when we come down to the root of it, it comes down to athletes. It comes down to having a great ecosystem. Look, Ines, I've enjoyed this conversation. That's the third time I said that already in this show. <laughs> thank you so much. I feel, I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What three tips would you give to the listener right now with regards to starting their sports career journey today? What three tips would they be? I think, first of all, uh, you need to make sure that you want to be in sport. Um, uh, regardless of, uh, of what you want to do, um, you have to know that being in sports means not having weekends. As I said before, holidays may not be on the dates you would like it to be. Uh, you have really intense work weeks because, as you said, you have these micro events. Uh, sometimes every week and uh, sometimes several times a week. So it becomes really, really intensive. And uh, this requires excellent personal and family organization. Um, so you need to be sure that you want to be here. And second, being open and available for challenges, I think. There are some areas in, in which it is good uh, to be an expert, but being in sport and knowing the reality well, it can happen that you are not ex an expert <laughs> in anything and you can do a, a, a good job in different areas and it doesn't have to be bad, uh, you know, but um, I think society, for me, it's a wrong idea that you need to be specialized in something, but sometimes in sports, you're not specialized in any areas specifically that's not a bad thing so uh, i think being open for for challenges is really really important i actually find it positive because uh, uh, it gives you the possibility to to know different areas create uh, uh, an even more vast networking and this can be useful in 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 the future three tips right so uh <laughs> So uh, finally, I would say that uh, ensure that you have a sports uh, culture is always up to date. 
uh, not only in one sport, but, but in general, um, you know, uh, know the trends, know the people. Uh, this is, I think this is very important because it helps you to always be well positioned um, and prepared for any opportunities um, that might, that might uh, arise or maybe for you to create the opportunity, you know, because if you're always updated, uh, this, this can happen. So basically, this is another sentence. I don't know who said this, but it's something that I really believe in. Uh, it is better to be prepared for an, an opportunity that never comes than an opportunity appears and you are not prepared for it. These would be like the three tips. I'm sorry that these are not specific, or, <laughs> but, um, but I think it's, it's what can be uh, the base of everything. At least that's how I see myself in life, uh, also for, for a sports career, but I think in life. So yeah, this is what I would share. <laughs> Ines, there's more than three tips, which is even better. Honestly, what you said is so important. I think one, one that sparks to mind, which I haven't heard on the show, which I'm going to emphasize is, you know, managing your time, managing your fat with how you work with your family. Because like you said, you know, most sports events are on the weekends anyway. And if you're not involved in that, then like you said, with your first tip, you should be working in sport because it's just how society is and how we consume sport. Most of it's on a weekend. Um, but yeah, look, some great tips there. I hope the listeners put them into practice. Out of interest, Ines, how can people interact with you on social media? I only have LinkedIn, <laughs> me, Ines. Uh, so you can reach me out uh, on LinkedIn and also um, uh, with Sports Embassy because it comes to me. <laughs> eventually so you can find uh sports embassy on all social medias and also our website uh, which is sportsembassy.pt and yeah you can reach me out there that is great to all the listeners listening in all those links will be on my website related to this blog post and podcast ines it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today thank you very much thank you so much Ed. really nice chatting with you what a wonderful podcast chat with ines and there's so much I've taken from this podcast. But firstly, with regards to this week's podcast topic, I hope you've got a better understanding the power of storytelling, not just for elite athletes, which Ines mentioned is crucial for an athlete to discover new skills through their journey as an athlete, which they can apply after their career, which I found really fascinating in our podcast chat. But relating to you, I hope you've got a better understanding that sharing your story can really showcase who you are when you talk to people in the sports industry, particularly in areas you want to work in. So that's the key thing I wanted to share. Secondly, I wanted to share one aspect with regards to Ines's story, which can resonate with you and certainly resonate with me. With regards to her experience being an athlete, with regards to being her experience trying teaching, then trying coaching, then being an umpire, what I really enjoyed is how she's used all those experiences which made her to where she is today. That is so important because even my experience, it was bringing back flashbacks when I was a student. I was coaching tennis with regards to um, at a tennis club and then at the university where I was at Durham. And then it led me to doing this podcast show. You know, I look at all these micro experiences which have led me to where I am today from a skill, skill set perspective. And I think that's what I want to share with you is look at your journey now. Look at all the experiences you've had 
from different roles, different, and it, you know, it don't have to be sport related. I always say one of the best areas where I improve my communication skills is I worked in a Lebanese restaurant at 13, worked there again when I was uh, 17 as well. And I had to learn a brand new, you know, in Lebanese, like I had to learn the menu, which was in Lebanese and it had to, it got me really out of my comfort zone. So and that what taught me how to communicate well with customers as well during those big, should we say, big shifts where there was a lot of covers to take in, a, in on a Saturday or Friday evening, which were the most popular. So you're thinking, well, how's that, how's that relevant, Ed? It's relevant because you're nitpicking the top skills that you've experienced from your life, which you can then apply now. I mean, right now, you just have to get a pen and paper, list out your experiences, list out the skills, your biggest learning lessons, what did you enjoy from that experience? What didn't you enjoy? Which then will help you have clarity in what you actually want to do in the sports industry, in a particular industry sector or role. So that's what I learned from NS, which just resonated with me that this is how career development works, is that self-evaluation within ourselves and then utilizing what we've achieved and then utilizing to our future in whatever we want to do. So look, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast chat and really put Ines's career tips into practice today and make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Ines said, it's better to be prepared for an opportunity that never comes than get an opportunity that appears and you're not prepared for it. <laughs>